This is Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks, where a spirit board conversation sparked our spiritual evolution. I'm Shale. And I'm Cheyenne. And each week, we explore a world where there is much more than meets the eye. So pour yourself a drink and join us as we cheers to a witch in good time. Welcome back. To Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks, friends, we have another special episode of Herb Corner for you today. We are talking about everybody's favorite friend, Rosemary. But before we get to that, Shale, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a blueberry chai kombucha. Oh, that sounds so good. It's so good. I'm not going to lie. And it's made by um, a local brewer here, and it's called Life's a Booch. Oh, my God. Cute. <laughs> Which I feel like is just a good vibe for <laughs> life these days. Yes. What are you drinking? Well, I am recovering from my second Fauci ouchie. Fauci ouchie? I have not heard that yet. Have you not? It's my favorite. I think it's adorable. That's a good one. Um, so I'm drinking a le- Willie. Could you not? Thanks. Stop it, Willie. You stop it. She just chose right now to roll around on the floor and smush her face into the carpet. <laughs> Weirdo. Sometimes you just got to do that. You got to roll around and smush your face in the carpet. <laughs> She's been in the car for a while today. We went to my little brother's graduation. So I've like had to rally all weekend. And now that I'm home, my body's like, all right, bitch. I'm shutting down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still nauseous over the fact that your brother's old enough to graduate high school. Yeah. It still kind of feels like a weird fever dream. <laughs> um, but I'm drinking a lemongrass, spicy ginger, green tea. And I squeeze a little lime in there because my favorite herbalist is trying to help me balance some weird heartburn that I'm having right now. Oh, And... That's all I had in my kitchen that was close enough to what you told me to do. (laughs) (laughs) That's close enough. We'll roll with it. (laughs) So hopefully that helps. I have my cute little elephant tea diffuser. Like only his little trunk sticks out like a little periscope. Oh, I love quirky tea diffusers. I'm just trying to make myself feel better in every other way I can. (laughs) I have one that looks like a little rubber ducky. (laughs) Oh my gosh, cute. And it floats around on the top when you have tea and it's so cute. I love that okay so before we wait no i do these okay sorry (laughs) let me shuffle it oh i dropped it oh god hot mess coming at you oh this deck does not shuffle very well well i can't shuffle my deck so (laughs) Oh, you have an herb one. That's right. Yeah. I'm just going to pull us a note from the universe today because I just felt like we needed a little, well, let's do both. Like a little quick pick me up. So yeah, I feel like one of each is good. Give everyone a little extra taste. And also I'm in a delirious vaccine haze and I forgot that you have a cute herb deck. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we didn't really like talk about it beforehand where I was supposed to remind you. <laughs> So I was just like, telepathically, she'll know. <laughs> she'll know. Okay. Um, so I just grabbed one off the top. I just grabbed a note from the universe from our Mike Dooley deck, phoning it in today. Um, for me, loving you and your life has never been a function of what you do or don't do, have or don't have, 
are or are not. That would be rather ridiculous, don't you think? Not to mention superficial, judgmental, and thoroughly dim-witted. And I can't help but think everyone might be even happier by adopting the same policy. Tally-ho, the universe. I love those. So it's fine. We're going to be fine. Back to our regular scheduled programming. All right. Well, I shuffled while you were reading that. You just don't know it because I can't do it audibly. (laughs) But we have drawn the two of pentacles and the herb associated with it is yellow dock. Let's see what that has to say. I feel like we draw a lot of pentacles. I feel like that's kind of the way it is when I draw anyway. I don't know why. So I am just consulting my little booklet here. I will be honest. I actually haven't heard of this herb. Yellow dock. It's actually um, pretty common in Colorado. Is it? It is. Don't ask me to identify it because I don't think I could. (laughs) (laughs) But. All right. So on this card is a huge thing of yellow dock. So yellow dock has like a long stem and pretty long, narrow leaves that kind of look almost wilted. And then it grows up into a stalk that has a big, beautiful bunch of little tiny yellow flowers at the very top. And on the card is a woman and she is carrying the pentacles. Uh, They look like the plumerias. Oh, flowers yeah. and so the pentacles are drawn in the form of a plumeria and it almost looks like the infinity symbol and it looks like drums the way that she's holding them but what this says is an islander is dancing on the beach with luminescent sim- with a luminescent symbol of infinity her pink gown speaks of her compassion and the ankh around her neck shows her connection to the ever-abounding spirit the boats in the background move with the flow of the water and the air They know how to take advantage of shifts and changes in order to realize continually a new balance. The Islander is learning how to maintain equilibrium through the perpetual changes of life. She knows that through these changes, she will be able to have more of herself revealed. As stable and immovable as the physical world appears, it is constantly in a state of flux. Just as the ocean moves all the greenery and sand on the ocean floor, so does the wind, rain, sun, moon, our thoughts and actions, and change and move the world within which we live. The islander knows that it is important to let go internally and externally as those things are no longer needed. Weakness and stagnation will result from not using the opportunities that life presents. So, yellow dock in particular, the spiritual properties uh, include that yellow dock will help to free inner reserves of strength and fortitude. For those who are afraid of change and are stuck in old conditions, it will help clear out some of the old sludge and rebuild a stronger inner self who is not afraid of dancing with life, just as the famous Zorba did, even during the most harrowing experiences of his existence. I like that. I'm not sure who Zorba is, but I'm assuming it has to do with the card. (laughs) So the only Zorba I know is like Zorba the Greek. Okay. Which is a dance. So maybe that is accurate i'll do some behind the scenes fact checking and if that's true i'll post an instagram story about it okay because anytime i hear like a z name like that i just think of like zazu (laughs) from the lion king and i'm like that's not right (laughs) that's probably not it 
All right. So we're talking rosemary today. I love rosemary. So we're doing, I think, four of these herb corners total. And so what I was thinking through when I'm thinking through like what I want to prepare for each of these is, first of all, we had an herb that was foundationally witchy. So it had a lot of metaphysical properties in addition to medicinal. And mugwort is just known as a witchy herb. So that's why I chose that for the first one. I also wanted to make sure we covered an herb that was easily accessible. So one that's like super common and easy to find, isn't super expensive, probably very common. So rosemary is one of those. Uh, I I don't think any of us have a kitchen (laughs) that rosemary is not in in some form. Yeah. And then in the future, I would like to do an herb that you can wildcraft sustainably. So one that's easily identifiable, um, very abundant and the herb I have in mind in particular is incredibly underrated. So you'll have to find out what that is. And then last teasers. I know. (laughs) And then lastly, I want to do a baneful herb. So one that is technically poisonous, but is widely used magically. Um, So that one will have a lot of disclaimers on it before we get started, but I just felt like it would be kind of fun when we are a witchy podcast to talk about a more baneful herb. So that's what you can look forward to in the future. I'm excited. I'm excited excited. about today's too, though, because rosemary also has practical magic ties. I can't think of rosemary without thinking of our, our namesake as well. Right? Because it just didn't feel... It didn't feel right to do (laughs) all of our herb corners without rosemary being included at some point. So for this herb corner, we're talking rosemary, which its scientific name is rosemarinus, my gosh, officinalis. I can never do the Latin names without stumbling. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, Latin as a language has been dead for a while. True. And we went to a very small high school in Idaho, and Latin classes were probably the very last thing that would have ever been offered. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) Also, I'm going to go on a tangent here, but scientific names are, in my opinion, a little bit of an elitist thing. Like, are they super? I get get that they're super necessary, but like, why do they have to be so obnoxious? You know, like, why (laughs) use Latin? It's just because a bunch of academics got together in a room and were like, you know how we can make things even more inaccessible to the rest of the world unless you can get an education? <laughs> <laughs> Let's use Latin. Be as as possible. Yeah. <laughs> so I will describe rosemary a little bit to you as far as its botanical description and what it looks like. So it, in my opinion, I think it's a plant that looks almost like a miniature shaggy little pine-like shrub. So almost like a mini version of the Christmas trees that Cheyenne seeks out every year. <laughs> well, Trader Joe's also sells rosemary as little mini Christmas trees at Christmas time. So fair. It checks out. You can hang a cute little red Charlie Brown ornament on the top of them. Oh, that's precious. But I just love that you have that tradition of trying to find the like little ugly duckling of trees every year. Yeah, we call them happy trees. (laughs) It's so precious. Um, So rosemary has a wooden stem and on its branches are leaves that are needle-like, dark green. And when you feel them, they have almost like a dry leathery, like the way a leather belt would feel. So they look dry. They feel dry. And the leaves grow in pairs that face opposite directions. 
And this is something I actually found out while I was doing some research that I didn't actually know, but Rosemary is actually a member of the Mint family, which kind of blows my mind for some reason, because I would not think Rosemary and Mint in the same room together. <laughs> is the stem square like Mint? I don't know. I'll have to... I'm growing I it this I year. I looked at it that closely, but I always grow it. I was going to actually plant my little herb garden this weekend. I got some new planter boxes for my mom while we were there. Ooh. Yeah, I'm growing rosemary this year as well, and I'm super excited about it. Sorry, I had to take a little kombucha sip there. So rosemary has a bunch of really cute folk names like compass weed, old man <laughs> – which I find precious. Oh my God, reasons. that's my favorite one. <laughs> um, Dew of the Sea and Elf Leaf. Dew which, of the Sea is the only one of those I knew. Yeah, and that actually comes into play uh, when you start talking about the history and the folklore associated with rosemary, which is a great segue. Um, so the word rosemary is derived from the Latin name rosmarinus, which I just went on a huge tangent about using <laughs> names. And then the word rosemary is actually from Latin, so funny. But anyway. All I could think when you said that was Rick Moranis. <laughs> My um, brain today. I'm sorry, folks. I'll get it together. I know. We're, we're, we'll, we're doing fine. Um, but Moranis actually means of the sea. So the plant itself is originally from the areas near the sea. So like seaside cliffs and, and places like that in North Africa and the Mediterranean. And I actually read that ancient legend states that rosemary grows where one can hear the sea. So those two things kind of go hand in hand. Rosemary first appears in written history via cuneiform on stone tablets in the 5th millennium BCE. So rosemary goes back a long ways. And for folks who don't know, BCE stands for before the common era. And rosemary is commonly associated with the ancient Greek and Roman civilizations and actually was a really crucial part of Hellenistic and Roman gardens. And it was believed that the plant would only grow in the gardens of those who are righteous and served as a guardian and protector from evil spirits. So now I'm having a little bit of a complex because the first couple of times I tried to grow rosemary, I over nurtured it. It doesn't love water as much as I want to give it water. <laughs> and now I'm like, damn, maybe they were coming for me. I don't know. <laughs> oh, funny. So I'm probably going to butcher this name, but I think it's pronounced Pedianus Dioscorides or Dioscorides. Sounds good to me. Name. <laughs> um, who is the author of the five volume books, De Materia Medica, which is one of the most influential herbal books in history. Um, and again, I believe we talked about this in the last episode, but just in case, uh, Materia Medica is a tool that an herbalist will use to keep track of medicinal properties of plants to help further your study and deepen your study with each individual herb that you're working with. And it's also a reference, almost like a journal that you can come back to as you continue along the plant path to say, okay, has, has this changed it, uh, am I experiencing something differently than what I might have experienced before? Or does somebody else have a different reaction to this particular plant? Um, so it's a it's a continual work in progress, I would say. So he wrote about rosemary and actually offered it as a recommendation due to its warming faculty. And the first book where rosemary was written about in English is believed to be Blanc's Herbal, which was published around 1525. And in England, rosemary was revered for the fact that it was believed to preserve health and beauty. 
And as I was reading through this article that that talked about this, I came across this quote that they pulled from Blanc's Herbal that says, and I wish that, you know, I wish that we could, you could have like captions right now that show how it was spelled because the spelling is just really funny. But um, essentially it said, boil thy leaves in white wine and wash thy face therewith and thou shalt have a fair face. Well, I need to get a new facial cleanser anyway, so... Well, we'll actually talk about that. So, but I just thought that was so wholesome. <laughs> that is, that's very cute. So, rosemary was introduced to Celtic culture when it was brought over by the Romans in the 13th century. So, at that time, it was being used by the physicians of Midvi to alleviate headaches and other types of ailments. So, it was really following the Roman invasion that it was definitely known to have been used. However, this occurred particularly in the southern part of the country, and there is the potential thought that it could have been being grown prior to that, but I don't think there's anything written down that definitively proves whether or not rosemary was in the Celtic countries prior to the Roman invasion, Um, because it can really most closely be tied back to the Greek and Roman civilizations. And Rosemary even appears in Shakespeare when Hamlet says to Ophelia, there's Rosemary, that's for remembrance, which is really interesting because Rosemary is actually known for supporting our memory and cognitive function. And as a matter of factly, those who are familiar with herbalist, Rosemary Gladstar, <laughs> which I just love, and anyone who really studies herbs likely knows who Rosemary Gladstar is. She's well known in the herbal community, um, has tons and tons of books, is incredibly wise. Uh, is that her, like, was that her That's her name. name. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I do believe she comes from like a long family of herbalists. Okay. That makes sense. So, yeah. But, but, like, I love that. That's I know. Cool. I always giggle a little bit. Um, But one of her most famous tinctures is called brain tonic tincture. And she actually claims in her book, Medicinal Herbs, A Beginner's Guide, which this recipe is actually included in. So if anyone who's interested in herbalism or pursuing plant medicine, I highly recommend this as a starter book. It's very digestible. It has a lot of easily accessible herbs in it. And rosemary is one of the nine that she considers essential for folks to really get to know and even grow in their own garden. But um, this this recipe is included in this book and she has had students see improvement, she claims, in her in their memory within three to four weeks of beginning this tincture regimen. Sign me up for that one. I know. And you know, I, I work with Rosemary a lot in the kitchen, but not so much like in tincture or tea form. And I'm like, you know, I think it would help a lot with like my spaciness and my flakiness. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. I would say I definitely use rosemary in my kitchen the most. And I actually use rosemary the most in cocktails. i like to use mm. spanked rosemary. Yeah. Because it releases the oils in a really fragrant, delightful way. And it pairs with gin perfectly. That actually sounds super yummy. And I know, so I mentioned the the mugwort glycerite that I was taking in the mugwort herb corner. Um, but in that recipe, Roots Medicine Garden actually included rosemary and tulsi in it. And it's the most divine combination of herbs. And knowing that, you know, mugwort helps support psychic connection and 
helps to support dreams. Well, rosemary also helps to remember your dreams. So those two just work hand in hand together. And I think that's beautiful. Mm, I love that. So some other folklore associated with rosemary that I found while bouncing around the internet and doing some research that I just, something about reading folklore associated with herbs just makes me smile because it just shows that we've been working with plant allies for such a long time. And they just show up in such unique and interesting ways in many different cultures. And I think it just shows the very intimate relationship with plants. So I just love herbal folklore, but <laughs> that's a little side note. So rosemary reveals true love. And in English folklore, it was believed that if a girl placed a plate of flour under a rosemary bush on Midsummer's Eve, her future husband's initials would be written in it. Oh, it makes me wonder, is that Rosemary in and of itself? Or is that like Rosemary Faye, you know, combining forces? (laughs) Yeah, that's fascinating. And this is so funny. In French folklore, it was believed that if a man could not smell the fragrance of Rosemary when it was offered to him, then he must be an inadequate lover. So that that checks out. (laughs) I was like, wish I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Make sure all of your dates are smelling rosemary before you let them into your home, which is. Yep. Hang it over the door. And then if a robber had his or her feet washed in a, quote, lotion um, made from soaking rosemary root in white vinegar, it would essentially zap them of their strength and then they would not be able to uh, commit robbery ever again. So if you have somebody that's like thief in the neighborhood, just wash their feet in rosemary. <laughs> I mean, what a powerhouse little herb, though, especially when it's one that we probably take for granted a little bit because Absolutely. of its commonplace in cooking. Mm-hmm. Like, she's she's here to help in every way she can. And that's that's – I'm so glad you say that because I feel like, especially for the other herbs that I want to talk about in the future, so often they've just become such a part of our day-to-day routine that we don't even notice them. Or some herbs that are seen as, quote – weeds like dandelion for example don't even get me started on people crap talking dandelion because i will like fight that fight (laughs) she'll go on my dying breath but do not try her today but yeah we have so much abundant healing available to us in the plant world that we just don't even know about because we just don't think about it on a day-to-day basis or it's not passed down anymore so that's another passion i have when it comes to herbalism is to try and educate the community about how amazing they all are. Even if you just like sprinkle pepper on your food, that in and of itself has some medicinal properties. And then the last piece of folklore that I found is that rosemary was not only seen as useful for protection by the ancient Greeks and Romans, but was also used to ward off evil spirits and get this, witches (laughs) in the Middle Ages. LOL. And only they knew that that would come full circle and that witches would just be using the crap out of it. See, this is what happens when when laymans get their hands on things like this and don't do the full scope of research. Right? You can't use an ally to ward off someone it works with regularly. That's yeah. just silly. I know. Silly muggles. <sighs> yep. Amateurs. <laughs>
So it's amazing how fast these go too, because I have three pages of notes here and we're already like two thirds of the way done. <laughs> right? I know. That's just what comes from like talking about something you love too. Like, I fully feel like a train has hit me and I'm really excited for the bath that I'm going to take after this, but I'm also <laughs> having a really nice time. That's good. I'm glad you feel that way. All right. So anything else on folklore, anything we want to mention before I move into medicinal properties? I don't think so. All right. Nothing that you, nothing that I know that you haven't already said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So moving into the medicinal properties of rosemary, um, it has the following. So it is known as a diuretic, which means it helps to promote increased urination. So for folks that might be, you know, needing to remove toxins from their body through their urinary system. Or uh, I know it's a treatment used for folks with like high blood pressure or have struggles with sodium levels. It's also an antiseptic, which prevents the growth of disease causing organisms. And it is also an astringent, which it causes the contraction of skin cells or other body tissues, which is why rosemary is an excellent addition to include in a facial toner because it reduces the pores. Cool. Have you ever made a facial toner with rosemary? Like what other ingredients would go into something like that? I have not made it with rosemary, but I have made a rose facial toner and a lavender facial toner because they also have astringent properties. Um, but a facial toner is actually super easy to make. You just mix purified water and witch hazel, and then you can either boil the herb like a tea in the water that you want to use. Or sometimes you can even uh, add a few drops of an infused oil, but mm. I, that's kind of the way I tend to do it. And then you just mix it all in a bottle, shake it up and use it on your face. Boom. That's awesome. Super simple. No more spending tons of money at the beauty supply store, folks, on toners. <laughs> right? It's all a scam anyway. Simple it truly is better is. in every aspect, I think. And you're putting stuff on your face that isn't harsh and you don't know what the chemicals are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No weird fragrances. Mm -hmm. So rosemary is used medicinally for such things as improving concentration and memory, which we've already touched on. I have read in a few places that it can help to support with like memory loss conditions like dementia or Alzheimer's. Um, it, of course, I don't think would necessarily cure that, but it might help serve as a support ally for somebody that's dealing with that. It is also known for alleviating headaches and migraines. It is a circulatory stimulant. So what that means is it can help provide support for your blood system with if you have such things as poor circulation or low, low blood pressure. Say that 10 times fast. <laughs> It supports regular and strong digestion, which is why I also encourage folks to really use it in their kitchen because all you have to do is sprinkle a little bit of rosemary on whatever dish that you're making and that can actually help digest food later on, especially like starchy, heavy foods. It can be used to help alleviate symptoms associated with colds or coughs. It is a wonderful ally for depression. We talked about this, but it's great for facial toners to help tighten pores. And one of the really common ways that rosemary is used is that it helps to stimulate and moisturize hair follicles and actually decreases dandruff and promotes hair growth. So a lot of people will actually include it in, in herbal hair rinse in the shower. 
I'm getting so many ideas from this episode. I know. And you just thought it was a little seasoning that you put on your potatoes, but. Uh, I mean, so I do more. love a good garlic rosemary potato, though. I mean, same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty damn good right now. <laughs> yeah, but um, to make a hair rinse, uh, a lot of people will use like apple cider vinegar. And uh, you just infuse rosemary into that. And you can add other herbs. Like uh, I think marshmallow root is also good to include in a hair rinse because it's a demulcent, which means it, uh, it it's moisturizing, right? So you can... The, the apple cider vinegar can be really drying on your hair, but if you balance it a little bit with more moisturizing herbs, it, it creates this like splendid combination that your hair just loves. Um, so if you're infusing something like apple cider vinegar to make a hair rinse, how long would you let that sit? So because I am a folk practitioner, <laughs> I love to go um, full moon to full moon. So okay. basically a moon cycle. Perfect. Yeah. Well, or you could always do it on a new moon too when you're starting something new. So uh, starting a new tincture or a new oil or whatever that looks like, new moon to new moon is a good frame of reference. Um, so ways that rosemary can be used is in a tea. So rosemary is delicious added in an herbal formulation. I actually made a formulation for a coworker of mine who was struggling with stress and adrenal fatigue. He had just moved. Um, his kids had to find a new daycare and his wife is starting a new job all at the same time. So they were going through a lot. Uh, but he said the rosemary was just really yummy in his tea blend. Um, you can use it in a tincture as Rosemary Gladstar recommends. Another way that you can use it in addition to like a toner on your face is actually an herbal oil. So I am a huge lover of herbal oils. I think it's such an easy way to incorporate oil or inco incorporate herbs into your life. And it's one of those things that I think every apothecary should really have in the home because they are just so healing for the body. They seep into your skin and reach deeper nerve levels and get into your blood system and all of that. So definitely make an herbal oil with it. Um, and it also, because it, you know, helps with things like muscle tension and things like that, it, it just is a great ally in an herbal oil. But most commonly and recommended is to find ways to incorporate it into meals and kitchen witchery. Just eat it all the time. And then I mean, it's good on basically everything. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I would love to hear from our listeners out there what their favorite way to use rosemary is, is in the kitchen. Cause Ooh, you yeah. never would have thought to use it in a cocktail, but that sounds so freaking delicious. Yeah. If you just spank it like three times, like in between your palms, it releases just enough oil that it doesn't damage the plant itself. So it looks really beautiful. Mm. Um, but then you get like all of that aroma in a classic gin and tonic. Just, oh, it's so good. I can like smell it now. <laughs> or a Tom Collins. It's really good in a Tom Collins too. We should make an herb corner recipe book. We really should. So wait, I'm not classy enough to know fancy drinks. What's a Tom Collins? A Tom Collins is a really basic white girl drink. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's not as fancy as it sounds. Although Tom Collins was obviously a man. So no offense. Yeah, Tom. I would have not made the connection. I'm not going gonna... to. Um, <laughs> it's. <laughs> So it's either gin or vodka. I prefer it with gin. I think traditionally it's with gin. So two fingers of gin and then it's lemon juice, mm. simple syrup and club soda. 
That does sound really good. And then you usually garnish with a lemon. It's really refreshing. It's a good summer drink. All right. Well, we invite folks to make your Tom Collins this year and enjoy the patio and add some rosemary. Yes. And make sure you're growing it by your door. Yes. Specifically. (laughs) Specifically by the door. That's a great segue into the magical properties of rosemary. Yay. And this herb corner without talking about that. So first and foremost, I think this is pretty obvious, but rosemary is known for protection. It also helps to promote blessings. It improves concentration and focus. So if you are conducting ritual work or spell work and need that little extra support in that way, planting rosemary in the garden can actually open the door to allowing magic in your life. So if you are maybe feeling... I I know that a lot of us have been feeling that way. I know friends over at Wormwood and Witches have also been talking about how they've been struggling a little bit with their practice. Um, And it just seems to be something in the community right now. I think after the year we just came into or came out of, excuse me, uh, we're all probably feeling a little detached from our practice and feeling like we can't connect magically. So all of us are planting rosemary in our garden this year. (laughs) Yeah, I almost feel like... I'm more so feeling pressure right now, right? Like the Mm. world is opening up. We're supposed to, you know, like my husband just got a new job. We just moved into a new apartment. Like this is supposed to be a fresh chapter, turning a leaf, feeling better, you know, getting back to some sense of normalcy. And it almost feels too fast for me right now. I don't think you're alone in that. As a matter of fact, um, I know we've been talking a lot about this in my herbal apprenticeship classes and in our circle, we've all been kind of feeling a lot of that anxiety of we all just came from this very quiet inward turning period. There was a lot of fear and anxiety that existed in the community, a lot of disconnection. And then all of a sudden, boom, the mask orders are alleviated and all of a sudden it's like life should be the same as it was before. But a lot of us are really feeling like we don't necessarily want to go back to the way it was before. And I think that's where we're feeling anxiety too, is we all learned a lot of really powerful lessons this year. And this last year was hard, but I think the silver lining that came out of that is it illuminated a lot of the things that exist in our community that we all feel like should change. Right. And so to just go back to the way things were, is really anxiety inducing for, for me, especially cause I'm just like, I don't want to go back to that. I want to be better, but also not rush into it. We just went through this profound time. <laughs> we need some time to process that. Yeah. I feel like because we spent so much time in like quiet and solitude, people maybe feel like we should have processed already. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like a lot of people have kind of that guilt response of, Oh, but I had all of this time and we were going through it. You don't get to process until you're on the other side. (laughs) Well, and I think people forget too that there was kind of a small, really, it seems like the whole world was shut away, but it was really kind of a small group of us that really actually, at least in the United States, I know that this is not the way it was across the world, but I don't know if we ever really experienced the true quarantine here. You know what I mean? And maybe that's just me speaking from personal experience because I work in the emergency field. And so I worked more this year than I ever have before. And I know it was especially the same for folks that are in retail in grocery stores. And, you know, all of us almost went into overdrive compared to what a normal day would look like. And so I do think there's a lot of us that really need to 
take some time to process what the hell just happened. That is still happening. Like, yeah, just because mandates have lifted doesn't mean things are done yet. Sure, right. things might be like looking better in some specific places, but it's there are places where people are still really in the thick of it too. So right. it's just important to remember that we're not all on the same timeline either. Absolutely. So actually, rosemary's really good for energy cleansing too. <laughs> <laughs> what can't this herb do? It really, it's just, it's an all-encompassing, wonderful little ally. And uh, I also read that if you hang rosemary above your bed, that's where it helps you to remember dreams. So I was going to ask you that. It was like, it. do you make it in a little sachet and put it under your pillow, but you want to hang it above you? I think that's one of the ways to use it. I, I would think it would be a really powerful experience to combine mugwort and rosemary into a dream pillow. Because the mugwort invokes dreaming where the rosemary can help you actually remember them. Because I know I have a lot of very vivid dreams that disappear upon waking that I would love to remember. (laughs) So maybe the two can help be a support system team for you in that way. We should have a little coven meetup with our few listeners who are local. And we should make some. I love that. That would be fun. If you're into that idea, talk to us on Instagram. We'll make it happen. A little dream pillow making workshop. Yes. Let's make it happen. And then we'll record it so the people who aren't there can also participate and make their own at home. Yes. That sounds beautiful. Look at me adding more work to our plate. (laughs) But good, (laughs) lovely work that promotes community. (laughs) So what else? Outside of somebody wants to actually organize the workshop on our behalf and we just show up. That would oh, be yeah, great too. <laughs> I am never opposed to delegating. Ah, oh, funny. So what else does she do M- magically? That was it on my list, but I what think there's a whole that? lot more that she can offer, but that was all the ha- time I had to research today. <laughs> That's fair. Totally fair. Um, so Rosemary is fairly easy to grow, provided we're not over-nurturing her. Yeah, don't overwater. She gets a little testy. I feel like this is such a great one because it's one you can grow in your, like on your kitchen counter. Yes. Like she doesn't need a ton of space. You can give her a cute little pot and just like have her in and around your home, whatever kind of home you have. Though she is a little bit like a goldfish. So depending on the size of the pot you put her in, she can get big. That's a very funny analogy because <laughs> all I could think about was a gigantic goldfish in a tiny bowl. Right. Can you imagine what a goldfish looks like that gets put in a lake? I mean, is that essentially a koi? Is a koi a type of goldfish? I have wondered that my whole life. I'm going to have to research this now because now I need to know. But I think so. They come in the same colors. Uh-huh. They look very similar. They have the Are little like just gigantic goldfish. I think they are. I really do. (laughs) I actually have an aunt in Colorado Springs who has koi in her pond. Well, and I guess the Denver Botanical Gardens has a big koi pond as well. Mm -hmm. Like they're pretty resilient little fish too. They are. Sorry, we did not need to go on a koi tangent. (laughs) Welcome to Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks where we talk rosemary and talking about fish. (laughs) And fish. Um, I used to have a goldfish, sidebar, growing up. We had three in this little pond at my stepmom and dad's house in Florida. And we 
named them. There was one called Sunshine, and there was one called Partly Cloudy. Stop. I think there was one called Thunder? Maybe I think that was the black one, but they were all weather. That <laughs> is so precious. So, fun fact, too, in outside of our hometown, uh, there was actually a hot springs that was a gold – like, it had a whole bunch of goldfish in it, and – um. Shut up. How did I not know this? You didn't know that? I caught one and had it in in my fish tank for a long time. Uh, I did not know. Yeah. So I don't – I think it's just called Goldfish Hot Springs. I don't know. But I think what happened is just a bunch of people went up there and released a bunch of fish into it. And now it's like chock full of them. That's so weird. How did I not know that? Yeah. True story. Amazing. (laughs) We grew up in such a strange place. (laughs) We really did. Ah, uh, good times. For real. So before we go on any further tangents about goldfish, what is our perwitching slip for this episode? Hmm. That's a good one. I feel like I've thought of a couple as you've been talking. And I'm trying to decide which one is the most appropriate. I know it's going to be a good one. I can just feel it. Oh, God. Pressure. <laughs> Okay, Rosemary. Let's think. Okay, we're thinking about Rosemary and what she's good for. Oh, you know what? Okay, actually, I do have it. Your per witch and slip this week is to lean on your allies. (gasps) I love that. Help. We are not in this alone, even though it feels like we might be sometimes. So whether those allies are herbal, whether they are human, whether they are canine or feline or goldfish, um, put a little bit, you know, of your energy into nurturing some relationships this week, however that makes sense for you. And let someone else kind of help carry your burden. Mm, that was a beautiful one. Not like they're not all beautiful, but that one touched my heart tonight. No. No. This was lovely. So cute. <laughs> I love her corner. And I'm, like, really excited now to, like, grow my little herb garden. Well, I'm mostly going to do flowers this year, I've decided, because I just need color mm-hmm. in my life. I feel like I just – I really need that. Um, so I'm going to just plant a ton of snapdragons. <laughs> I love that. Um, but I always have rosemary. I feel like, ooh, let's, let's just waste a little time at the end of this and talk about some of our favorite – like go-to things that we always have. Cause I am living in an apartment, right? So my herb garden is pretty small. It's all potted on my patio, but I consistently, wherever I live, always have rosemary. I always have uh, lemon thyme because why mm. would you not? It smells yes. so good. Um, and I always have chocolate mint. Those are like my three favorites that I always have to grow. I definitely use other herbs, but those ones are always in my garden. I love chocolate mint. There's just something special and childlike about it. Oh, it's so good. In my garden this year, so it's been really exciting because we, my husband and I, we bought our house right at the end of 2019. (laughs) So the garden was like an absolute solace throughout this crazy year that we've had. That is 2020. Yeah. Last year, we planted a bunch of perennial herbs. So in my garden, I have things like mint and catnip and motherwort and marshmallow. 
and all of these things that are supposed to come back the next year. And this spring, it's been a really weird spring here in Colorado because normally, you know, we go from like winter to summer. There really isn't a spring. Yeah. But this year, and it feels like it's been such a blessing because we were just so hit. We were hit so hard with wildfires in our poor state last year. And we've had so much moisture and so much snow and it made the, the kind of coming out of winter a little bit more difficult, (laughs) but it's just been so wonderful because the greenery, like it looks like Ireland and Scotland around here right now. I haven't seen. Yeah. Which I haven't seen in the whole time I've lived here. And I'm starting to see a lot of really special plants growing very lushly like horsetail, which really needs a lot of water. I love horsetail. I know. And you're seeing so many more flowers this year than I've ever seen. It's just been an absolute blessing. But, you know, my perennial garden has come back in like full force. And it's been such a magical experience to watch the absolute pure resiliency of plants just return in the way that they are with such power and with really like, they don't need me. It feels like they just kind of like doing their thing and (laughs) living their life. And I'm just kind of a witness to it. Um, But my motherwort's already, I mean, we're not even into the summer yet. My motherwort's already taller than me getting close to ready to flower. My marshmallow is the same way. Uh, All my mint came back. Arugula came back in our garden bed, which my husband planted last year to kind of experiment. I can't stand it. (laughs) So sorry, (laughs) arugula. You're a very special bitter green, but I just, I can't. Um, But yeah, it came back full force and we had more arugula than I knew what to do with. But plants are just such amazing teachers in that way to just really see life like echo through them. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful too. I think that's like a double per witch and slip of also just like trusting your roots. Yeah. You're going to come back. You're going to bloom. Your time is coming. We're all going to be fine. And you have everything within you that you need to thrive and flourish. You don't need outside support, but it helps. So don't be afraid to allow that into your life. Yes. I love that. Cheers, witches. Cheers. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks. If you're having a witching good time, we hope you'll help us to grow this little coven. You all know it's us against AI in this algorithm eat algorithm world, so please help us out. Please like, rate, and subscribe anywhere you're listening to us. Also, we want to connect with our spooky, marg-loving friends out there, so please like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Links for those profiles will be in the show notes. And hey, be sure to tell us what you're drinking tonight. We love you all so much, witches. Cheers.